Well, the sky is blue, water is wet, Iowa State beat Baylor, and Flo Thamba had zero rebounds. This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in. Happy Friday, everybody. I am Brandon McKinnon, not your host, Drake Toll. Drake is in Cabo on spring break. Drake, we hope you get back safely. And we're going to shout out Drake's sister. She's playing in the Arkansas 5A Girls Basketball State Championship game, which is also why Drake is not here. Go Valonia. Um, today, I'm joined by my best friend, Austin Newberry from uh, No Sports Media Program, just a Baylor fan to kind of talk about some of the Baylor basketball stuff. Austin, introduce yourself. What's going on, man? Hello. Thank you, Brandon. It's good to be here on Locked on Baylor. I am a lifer, Baylor sports fanatic. Other than that, I really have no credibility to be here whatsoever. So I'm excited to talk Baylor sports and talk about why Iowa State is uh, got our number and preview the tournament a little bit. Yeah, it's going to be good. Basically, Drake texted me uh, yesterday right after the Iowa State game and said, hey, baby, can you take over and find a guest? And I said, oh, but you're going to lose a lot of listeners. So um, we're excited <laughs> to be joined by Austin, offer historical perspective. He'll probably say like Listerius Dunn, Quincy AC a bunch and and say why we need those guys. But Austin, let's start on um, what happened yesterday. So mm-hmm. Baylor loses to Iowa State 78-72, bounced from the quarterfinals of the Big 12 tournament again, I think for the second time in three years, because I think we won one game the Natty year, but we're bouncing the quarterfinals last year as well. Um, I know you only really got to watch the first half of the game because we were once again slated at 1130 on a weekday, which is great for viewership by the Big 12. But um, from what you saw, man, what what really sticks out at you? What did you think kind of carried over from some of the other Iowa State losses? I mean, we are probably the only team in NCAA history to lose to the same team three times in a single year. So clearly the coaching adjustments have been excellent. But yeah, what did you see? Yeah, Brandon, actually, prior to us jumping on this podcast, shared that statistic with me that we were probably the uh, only team to lose to the same team thrice in the same year. And I actually shared that statistic with my dad after the fact because we were just, you know, basically offering each other condolences and talking through the fact that we were bounced yet again. And for some reason, have this grim reaper on our back um, regarding the Big 12 tournament. We cannot win the thing. Um, I think for some reason... It doesn't really matter. You're right. But it would be nice to win it every once in a while. I think that would be a cool thing. Add it to the trophy case. I think our Grim Grim Reaper is actually TJ Otzelberger's airtight polo. But yeah, keep going. (laughs) I think it is. That guy has definitely got some schmediums on hand. Um, That to say, I think that for one... A team independent of Iowa State, at least in my opinion, right now has like a little bit of a lack of like motivation and energy. I think that's kind of obvious even through watching the Oklahoma State win, um, even though that like it's a road win and that's like a tough thing to do in the Big 12. Like, I mean, we let them get back in it. We almost like gave that game away after be having a pretty big lead. And I, I just think going into the tournament, you'd want to see a little bit more consistency. But what, what do you think? Well, I mean... Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was like, so I, I watched the whole game while I was working. So it's not like I wasn't working. I was not working. I was watching the entire game. Um, and it was, 
I mean, it was just a lot of the same stuff, man. Like you see all of these bright moments where Baylor goes on a 10 0 run. You're like, Oh my gosh, this is what it's supposed to always look like. The defense is really connected early, really breaks down late. Iowa state goes on their own, like 14 two run. So it's like, this is such a Jekyll and Hyde schizophrenic basketball team that I really don't understand when we're going to see it all click, which is what we've been like complaining about all season is one, every four games, like everyone's breathing fire and it looks incredible. And then two out of every four games, we look okay. And like we're in it. And then one out of every four games, we just piss down our leg. The moment's too big. And it's like, what, what are we even doing? So it was just a lot of that, that I think carried over Um, a few performances. I wanted to chat about specifically um, and just some numbers that stick out at me. I mentioned Flo Thamba had zero rebounds. That's your starting center. Um, We're not here to only slander flow, but he played 29 minutes, had zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero turnovers, one block, although it was originally tipped by Jalen or uh, by Dale Bonner. And then he got the cleanup and three personal fouls and two points. So that's, that's a guy that, that starts for you. Um, And then man, like, I think it was just, like you said, a lack of energy and hustle. I could go on and on, but I feel like that's where it starts. And we really just need to see more balanced production. Um, Yeah. So I would agree. I think, I think you bring up a good point about flow and I mean, Brandon can attest that I I am a flow Thamba, like big time fan. I love the guy because he's funny to watch. He was on our national championship team and he seems to be the Kansas and Drew Timmy stopper, which is very exciting and cool considering most everyone else has his number. You know, you know what he doesn't stop literally anybody else, (laughs) anybody else. That's right. But you know, unless he's trying to take a photo of, of them. Yeah, flow photography. I mean, that's hitting on all cylinders. But basketball-wise, doesn't look pretty most of the time. But what I will say, it's a matter of perspective with flow. And you're right, there wasn't a lot of positive. But as you said, zero turnovers. I mean, he was probably standing under the basket where he needed to be most of the time. So, like, it's a matter of perspective. Like, he didn't do anything wrong. Yes, he, he did. He had zero rebounds. That's wrong. <laughs> he <laughs> he plays center. <laughs> He averages four <laughs> rebounds a game. He plays 30 minutes and he's seven feet tall. That is wrong. I disagree. Yeah, yeah I think that you're right from a basketball perspective. I'm just trying to find the silver lining for our big bud there. The silver lining is that he has a maximum of four games left in a Baylor jersey. That is a silver lining. And that assumes we go to a national championship game or five. I that guess. would be six games, man. That too. Five, but- six. We don't get a bye week. Um <laughs> So here's another number I'll throw at you. And I know that you're going to love this because you're the only person in America who like wants to dance or in Baylor nation that wants to dance on Keontae's grave from a Baylor perspective. So um, the three headed monster that's supposed to lead us into the promised land of Keontae, uh, Adam and LJ shot a combined nine for 31, which is a 29% from the field. So you're not going to win many games and that happens. Um, LJ actually led us in minutes alongside Jalen with 36 and 38. But yeah, I think Keontae was forcing stuff. I mean, he had a better stat line than Adam though, even though Adam let us, you know, after Jalen led us in scoring. Um, But yeah, I mean, what did you see from the guard play and you know, what do you think that ultimately led or how do you think that ultimately led to the loss? Yeah. I I think that Keontae, as you, as you teed me up for, um, Keontae is one of those players where obviously when we recruit a guy of that caliber, you have big expectations. I know he's a freshman. He's young. He's acclimating to the best conference in America, but 
I just would. Well, he's rather done acclimating see... now. He's yeah, not going to play he's... against a team in the best <laughs> conference in America ever again. Yeah, well, hopefully not. Hopefully, we don't run into one of those suckers in the tournament because you know we've seen how that's gone. That to say, I. I think that Keontae has so much upside and I do like, I want to love him, but in this game, it was no, it, it was no different than all the other games is why my, my hatred and, and, you know, frustration. We don't say the H word here. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. I don't, I, I love him as a person, mm. but I, I would just say that like shot selection wasn't great. Um, at times he basically just goes Casper out there and disappears and I don't really understand for a five-star guy with NBA aspirations and a likely lottery pick, how you can let that happen when you're easily the most talented player on the court. And Iowa state has seemed to basically leverage that three times now, because he hasn't really done much in any of the, in the matchups. Yeah, I think I was, so, I mean, Iowa state let's give them their praise and, you know, speaking of praise, we'll talk Jalen bridges in a second, because he was probably the only bright spot that we can hope to build on moving forward this season from this game. But Iowa State is the best defensive team in the Big 12. All the Ken Palm numbers say that. All the Evan Meyer numbers say that. And I would say the eye test also says that. Granted, some of that may be as a direct result of the referees swallowing their whistles like zebras with grass. But that's neither here nor there. But that that is, I think, a reason why Keontae struggles and smaller players struggle. It reminds me so much of how we played like ass against Texas tech every time we played them last year, it was just a horrific matchup. Iowa state's a lot bigger. It's going to be tough for us when we go small. I mean, the last five minutes of the game, I know we're trying to generate offense, manufacture points, but the lineup was Jalen bridges, Dale Bonner, LJ Cryer, Adam Flagler, and Keontae George. And I've never seen a team so physically outmanned. And I think that just speaks to Iowa state's size and um, what Otzelberger recruits for. So we, we brought up, I wanted to talk about Jalen Bridges for a second. Um, as you know, Jalen is one of my favorite players on this team. Also almost got me in trouble because after I interviewed him, I went to a press conference. When I asked him a question, I started my question with AJB, which the professional Big J journalist did not appreciate. Um, Jalen thought it was funny, though. Um, Jalen Bridges really was clicking on all cylinders. It, it was pretty funny, though. When he missed his first shot, I was like, oh, my God, he's not going to score another point this game because it just seemed like the basket was 40 feet wide for him. Um, how do you think they can try and like build on that and, you know, lean on Jalen more when the guards aren't getting it? Because this truly was only a six point game because of Jalen Bridges. For those of you out there that didn't watch the game or didn't see the stats, Jalen played 38 minutes, 40 minutes in the game. So all but two minutes was seven for eight from three started seven for seven, um, 10 of 11 from the field started 10 for 10. He missed his last shot. Um, and he had five rebounds, two assists, three steals. I mean, just stuff the stat sheets, but how do you think we can build on that performance from him? Yeah. Jalen's been a fun one or AJB. He's been a fun one because I mean, throughout the entirety of the year, I feel like it's been just a steady incline with his trajectory. Mm -hmm. And I obviously as a Baylor fan, I'm very hopeful that he uh, comes back for another year because I think the sky's the limit with him. I think the beginning of the year was slow, um, but today you kind of got to see him hit on all cylinders. I mean, obviously his three point shooting for a four is really impressive. I'd realize he's a smaller four. I was going to say, still, is he a four? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's not really a four, but like, you know, he's a four for us. He's a new and Baylor I, Scott Drew four. Scott Drew's like, you're taller <laughs> than six, seven and like can touch the rim when you jump. You can play power forward for us. Stay on the post. You'll probably get more rebounds than flow. Um, so averaging more he, than flow. 
<laughs> doesn't surprise me. So am I. That to say, I think that with Jalen, um, a good thing that I think we can leverage with him is one, getting him more open looks and spreading the floor even more because we have three guards who obviously do demand respect from the three point line, even though I'd say Keontae should shoot less of them. Um, I think that Jalen obviously is getting that kind of credibility from the three point line, which yeah. that will just open up the post more for, for dribble drives. And honestly for him to take it to the basket as well, because he's actually got a really good finish around the rim. And I also have loved what I've seen from him defensively. Like I thought at first he was a little bit rough on the defensive side of the ball this season, but as it's gone on, he's, definitely our best shot blocker and he does have a lot of energy and hustle which i appreciate so i hope jalen can like propel that into the tournament i also hope that because outside of jalen baylor shot 13 for 41 from the field good for 32 percent. so the team didn't play well today but that's enough about iowa state um hopefully we never see them again although i was looking at joe lenardi's bracketology and they're currently in our region projected that which is horrible is, which is not ideal <laughs> so we might go zero and four against these slaps and otzelberger is going to be right foot creep gritting across scott drew's grave um but you know what is going to keep us going into the tournament that is built bar built bar there's nothing better than built bar you have all of these other granola bar brands that are full of sugar empty calories oats that you can't even pronounce built bar is just better built bar has all the protein that Drake talks about, he didn't send me the scripts. This is off the cuff. Built Bar is all the flavors Drake talks about. He didn't send me the script. This is off the cuff. But I know he loves the uh, the something almond. Something almond with coconut. We love that from Built Bar. Get that at Sam's Club, Walmart, or at BuiltBar.com and fuel yourself for March Madness alongside any hazy Dr. Peppers you consume as well. That is definitely the name from a marketing perspective. It is definitely the something almond bar for sure. Can't wait to have some of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Drake, you may never want me back on again after that ad read. Okay, so let's do a little bit of Big 12 conference play postmortem, right? So we've already talked about how this game really sucked. But, you know, Baylor finishes the season, regular season, 22-10, and 11-7 and 7 overall in conference, finishes tied for fourth with Kansas State. Um, the, I mean, returning our attention to March Madness, selection Sundays in two days. Um, Austin, let's just take a couple minutes and, and – you know, what were some of your high points, high memories from the Big 12 play, low memories, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever, open forum. Let's just talk. Yeah, man. I mean, I think based on how the end of the Big 12 play went, I, I can say that I'm glad it's over. Um, yeah. I'm ready to, to take on some non-Big 12 opponents in March Madness. Um, I would say that, you know, it's such a competitive league and everyone knows that every team is good. And so all the wins are tough to come by. But yeah, I mean, I think the, the team high... that finished in last beat the number one overall seed by 30. Yeah, it's it's like crazy Oklahoma how beat that... Alabama by 30. It's nuts. I mean, and, and Oklahoma, I think if they're in any other power five conference, they're probably a tournament team. So yeah. it's like it's it's tough when you look at it from that lens because you don't want to hate on us too bad. But at the same time, the highs were high and the lows were low. I think let's start with the low for me and then let's go to the high. The low had to be the beginning of conference play, even though it's been a little bit of a rocky end. The fact that we started 0-3, yeah. um, the fact that we gave away two home games, uh, one in overtime and one by one point to one, a hated rival being TCU, and two, sorry, I used the H word again, and then two, Kansas State, our first game against our old coach. Who also Tank. swept us. I mean, Kansas State, at the time, we didn't realize like the ceiling of that team. So that True. loss felt a lot worse in the moment. Same with Iowa State. Like when we went on the road to Iowa State and they blitzed us, that loss felt worse. But now I think we have a better understanding. 
Me too. But I think the high, you, you can't talk about our big 12 season without talking about our game at the Farrell against Kansas. I mean, that was, that I was, I thought you were going to say every time game. Flo got a stupid spray painted basketball celebrating an accomplishment. Well, that was, those are the little runs you go on, but I'm talking about the big one. The big time best game was easily Kansas. I mean, obviously the home crowd's going to get up for that game regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that we, we balled out, played our best basketball. LJ was unconscious that game, which was fun to see. Our shortest um, trip before the game was electric. It was incredible. I mean, the pizza pillow sat nice and I mean, I just it was just fun to see our team playing at the capacity I think we can and should play more often. Um, so I mean that and then the other high for me is even though we've talked a lot about flow, I I love Dale Bonner and Brandon knows that well. He's my guy, and I've been so glad to see the end of the year, him kind of, you know, wait for his turn. And obviously I didn't want injury to be the reason, but he he's taken advantage of his minutes and honestly balled out for us. So big Dale, big, I big hope Dale he comes Bonner. back. Yes. Big Dale is going to come back next year. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if Dale Bonner comes back. Truth I don't know either, but it's, it's wishful thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you made a good point and you know, the, the season, like the start of the season sucked. The end of the season also sucked outside of like yeah. the beating Texas at home. I mean, it's literally like, like if I could describe our basketball season, it's it is like when you are in the school lunch line in high school, like let's take a trip back, right? And you're getting like the burger from your public school lunch line or the chicken sandwich, and you take it out of the foil and the wrap, and it's just like the the top bun and the bottom bun are just ass, just soggy, horrific bread. But you're like, you know what? I know that this middle piece of chicken or burger is just loaded with msg and just horrific things for me and it tastes really good to me that was like that 10 out of 11 wins we went on in the middle of the season and the start and the finish sucked that was a horrific mental picture but yes that was that was for me big 12 play i'll always think about the middle but when you're looking back you're like oh how'd we start oh oh and three oh how'd we finish we lost three four and then lost in the conference so yeah it was moving on i i i get your analogy i mean I more than anything want to know what kind of sandwiches you got because I had horrible food all the time in the cafeteria, but good for you. At least the chicken was edible for you. Yeah. And the French toast sticks with free breakfast. Um, (laughs) Those are actually pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I really came out the mud for real. Um, Okay. So, you know, I I think, you know, any final thoughts from big 12 play, I want to kind of land the plane there. I'm tired of being sad and talking about this because really it doesn't matter. Like going forward, it doesn't matter. We saw two years ago, a team from the first four, make it all the way to the final four. That's why March madness is the best sports tournament in the world. But before we pivot there, any final thoughts from big 12 play? Yeah, I'll just say this, even though it was difficult at times, um, I, I've loved getting to watch Coach Tang have success. That's been really fun. <laughs> your your high was not even within the Baylor program. That's good. I had nothing to do with Baylor, but it was really, really fun to see Coach Tang kill it. And, you know, honestly, he, he earned that job and then some. So uh, shout out to Coach Tang. Sick him. Speaking of and then some, another place that you can get and then some, and I quote, is the official betting partner of Locked On. And that is FanDuel. <laughs> 
FanDuel is the official betting partner of Locked On. It is where you can do all of your legal betting for all of our Baylor fans that do not live in the state of Texas. Um, FanDuel is great. The user interface is great. Same game parlays. It's going to be critical for you starting next Thursday or next Tuesday, really, when we have the first four tournaments. The best part about FanDuel, and again, Drake didn't send me a script, but I think this is true, is you can get up to $1,000 in free bets. And you go to FanDuel.com backslash Locked On. No sweat first bet up to $1,000. You know what I'm looking at right now? I'm thinking you lay it on the money line of like whatever game is happening this Friday evening in any conference tournament. You just bet it just a thousand bucks on the money line on FanDuel.com slash locked on and you'll get uh, your no sweat first bet back if it loses. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. These ads. Yeah, the ads are going great. I mean, the fact that someone has come here to get advice on, hey, you should bet the money line. But there's actually no team parameters in that. Just bet the money line. Just pick good a game advice. And bet the and money bet line. Bet the money line. <laughs> yes. Okay. So let's talk about the tournament, man. So I I have the Joe Lenardi bracketology website open on my computer right now. And this okay. is at the time of recording, this is only one hour old. So, you know, we're we're up to the minute here, really. Lenardi still has Baylor on the two line, albeit in the East region with Houston as the one seed. We're going to do a full bracketology show um, for Monday show uh, following selection Sunday on locked on. But, you know, I'm just looking at the bracket. If this is where it holds true and Lunardi, they, I saw online today has like a 98% hit rate following like the regular season, which is pretty wild. So if this is true. Some teams that might be in Baylor's bracket that scare me are Houston, Arkansas, Iowa State, Yukon, Creighton, Tennessee, and Iowa. It's like half of the region that you just mentioned. So you're worried about a lot of people. That's because we've been playing like dog water. Yes. But let's, let's not, you, we can't really think and speak theoretically about opponents because then we could get put in the West as a top three seed and then none of this matters. But, man, what are some things that you're looking for that you want to see us do differently in the tournament? Give us some hope because this is, by and large, been a very negative podcast following getting absolutely strutted by Iowa State, the Cyclones. Um, yeah, I mean, what is what is the positive that we can take? Since I've been bad cop, I'll let you be good cop. How can we cling to hope going into the tournament? Well, I think one thing is that we do have a lot of vet guys who were even on that championship team two years ago. And so I think that, like, one – Hopefully that championship DNA can be carried into March Madness. There's guys who have played in tournament games. Winner go home is real. And I think experience actually plays into your success into that kind of a game. So hopefully that can catapult us into some wins. I'd also really love to see us play some better defense. I know that that's not really a very uh, hardcore analytical take, but so would I, but shouldn't we have seen it by now? You would think so, but I'm just banking on the fact that it was just because the Big 12 like was so strong, and that's why our defense really actually isn't that poor. And then maybe yeah. we get to play some lesser opponents, get a little bit of confidence, maybe get some good ball stopping, and go into some of these tougher games maybe in later rounds with a little bit of a chip on our shoulder after actually getting some stops because it hadn't happened much this year. I'd say lastly, I would love for this to be – Keontae's just like going away party I mean we all know he's going to the draft he's going to be a lottery pick but let's like actually see the Keontae that was advertised like let's see this guy shoot 40% from three for a few games let's see him make really good decisions and ultimately like let's see him carry us to some wins like I would love to see Keontae just pop off 
I would love that too. You know what I'd love more than that for my dogs to start barking in the background. So if anybody's been hearing that or watching on YouTube and saw me yell behind my back, anybody that wants a mix shepherd, something come get them in Austin. Cause if not, he might be put down. Um, yes, no, I agree. Totally. Um, I would love to see Keontae pop off. I think that you, you see, you see the importance of guard play in the tournament. So often there's such a Delta, um, between like high and mid major teams. So I'm hopeful for that as well. Um, but Baylor is going to be the sexy pick of a top three seed to get knocked off in the second round. It's just going to be the case because of what we've done historically in this year on defense. But yeah, I mean, I'm, yep. I'm hopeful that coach drew turns it around. Um, yeah, I mean, if I know we're, I said, we're not doing this, but if we are going to play this game, if we're looking at Lunardi's bracket and let's say we get past Montana state, <laughs> the two fifteen, assuming we I get past, we'll do that. Assuming we get past Montana State, he has us playing either Iowa or Boise State. I mean, both teams are great. Like, Iowa State and Boise State are good teams, and I think that they could knock us off. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I I think another thing that will be helpful for us, too, is getting Langston back. I mean, if he can play, obviously this eye thing has been, like, very unexpected, and, like, hopefully he's okay. But that's to say, if we can get him back, like, even though our team defensively isn't very solid – he he is one of the better defenders, especially from a guard perspective. Did you so see how cool awesome. he looked on the sideline though in those glasses? He was like sort of like men in black, like was ready to erase yeah. your memories. It was wild. He looked dope. Yeah, he, he is swag for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So final thoughts. I think we are over the locked on 30 minute parameters, but whatever. This is our show now, not Drake's, not locked on. This is our show. Um, final thoughts. What do you think the ceiling is for this Baylor team as you've seen it now with a sample size from November to March in March Madness? Bracket aside, we don't know who they're playing. What's the ceiling? Realistic. I'm going to give you like my – I'm going to start with what I think the the realistic thing to say is, and then I'm going to give you my ceiling. I think the realistic thing to say is I think we have the talent and obviously we've been on the run – to like show that we can win games consecutively and get hot. I think, I think realistically we are a second weekend team. We are too talented to be bounced. Um, Did you but, feel that way last year? When we, well, I guess you went to the championship, but yes, go ahead. I think we're a second weekend team because of our talent. And I think we can easily get there. Um, and I think that that's realistic to think we would win two games. That's kind of where I think we're going to land our ceiling though, by talent, like we can be a final four team. Do I think that's going to happen? I I don't, unfortunately. But if we get hot at the right time, our shooters start dropping threes like there's no tomorrow. AJB continues his tear. Like Flo maybe starts grabbing a couple rebounds a game. I think this guy's the limit. Hey, don't talk bad about him. You love the gif of the little girl trying to catch the ball where she just goes like this. For our listeners on YouTube, that's Flo getting rebounds. That's Um, I, I agree. I think we should be a second weekend team. If this bracket and this is where we land holds true. I, like I said, I think I could see us getting bounced by Iowa or Boise state, but probably not likely. And then the other teams in that little section of our bracket are Creighton Rutgers, Tennessee, and Louisiana, Tennessee knows is a Kai Ziegler. He's out for the year. We maybe can get by those guys and, and slide into the sweet 16, but or elite eight. We'll see. Anyway, that's yeah. that's been a pretty melancholy podcast. Sorry about that. But come back on Monday. We're going to do the whole selection Sunday breakdown, pick through our brackets. It's going to be excellent. Drake will be back. I think it's going to be Drake, myself, and Cam Stewart picking through our brackets. 
Austin, thank you so much for making the time, man. This has been Locked on Baylor. Sick and Bears.